Welcome in to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Carbiz Chronicles. I love doing these so much because they're a little bit more long form and they're always around a topic. So last year on Season 1, we talked all about vendors and the relationship with dealers and how to approach that and how those relationships work. This year, I decided to sit down, you know, a little one-on-one fireside chat with some of the best and brightest people that I know of. And this first episode is the best way to kick this off because this year's theme is hashtag people and process. That's all we're talking about on these episodes. There are seven of them. You're going to see a blend of people from sales manager like we're kicking today off with fixed ops, executives, salespeople. Like we are bringing you a blend of people Again, because it is about people in process and how they go about doing their business. So, uh, episode one, James Merrill. Dude, I followed dude long time on online LinkedIn, and I thought to myself, you know, if I was looking for someone with a different perspective, someone who'd been doing this a while but is so up on digital, so up on the discussion, would this be my guy? Reached out. He said he was in totally. So uh, to have him on the show is a real pleasure. James talks about things like I have a bunch of notes here. Uh, he's got things written down like follow-up is the follow-through. Talks a lot about work ethic. Um, he's been doing this since the 70s. That got him the nickname uh, you know, from me and my wife, that 70s car guy. Uh, we loved it. We, we loved the way he approached things. We loved the way he discussed his passion for the business. You could see that it was there. Um, we also talked a lot about B-backs. Uh, and if you hear any noise or disruption in this podcast, that is probably because someone's phone went off. And they know who they are. They were in the room. Um, but uh, that was not our fault. So other than that, besides that slight interruption, you need to sit back, grab a pen, and write tons of notes. Because James Merrill is about to blow your mind. Thank you so much. And enjoy episode one of the Carbiz Chronicle. Welcome in, friends, to another episode of the Carbiz Chronicles Season 2, hashtag people and process. We are excited to be talking all about people and process here. I'm joined today by James Merrill. Gerald, James, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for It's sure. awesome. Appreciate it's having It's great. Me. Yeah, it's awesome. So you are a sales manager. Correct. Correct. Um, how long have we been in the business? Uh, I started in the 70s, late 70s, uh, right out of high school. Actually in high school, you know, cleaning off cars. Uh, shoveling the lot, you know, plowing, lot washing, washing cars. Whatever it took. Yeah. That's where I got my start. So late 70s. So we're talking about a 40-year car guy here, folks, which to me is, is really interesting because I think we can talk a lot about people in process and how you've probably evolved uh, given that time. So what's the current role? Sales manager at where? Uh, at the Acura store in uh, Shaler Acura in Manchester, Connecticut. Okay. And you've been there how long? Seven years. Seven years. A little over seven years. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, new, used, how, you guys share a desk? How does it work in your world? Uh, I am the sales manager, so I okay. handle it all. You both do uh, new, yeah. used, yep. appraisals? Everything. There's a general manager in me and a finance manager. Okay. And how does that work on days off? What? Yeah. Of, oh, exactly. One? <laughs> I, mean, I figured you'd say that. That's why I set you up. Good job. Good no. job. Today is the day after we right. close, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we had been open Sundays for a long time, but we just we just recently started closing on Sundays. So not a state law. No. Where you are. No. Okay. Because we have blue laws in the Midwest right. that require the dealerships. Which to be we would closed. like. But, yeah, you, would. you know, we we to stay in competition with other guys, you had to be open. Some of the other guys closed, so you know, we we decided to do it as well. Yeah, I think you're seeing a lot more people doing it throughout the country and in the world, are realizing that it's important. You know. Um, if you're open Sunday, you're doing the same amount of business. You're just stretching it out to seven days. That's it. 
you're not doing we it tested anymore. it we, yeah. where we could and it was just you always found that it was like guys we're doing the same number of units and people seem more frustrated to do it so. you know in today's world where everything is open 365 you know 24 hours a day people expect it um, but you still have to run a business and have a family and have you know quality employees that want to work for you and if you're open that much uh, and in a small actor store we don't do the volume to need to stay open really that much that you much. just don't have that type of traffic so when you have, you, you've been in your role seven years, you've seen quite a bit of change, obviously, through people in process in your 40. But talk about the last, because I feel like the last decade has been some of the biggest. I'd even shorten it up. The last couple of years okay. has really made a huge uh, change. Um, Where do you see it the most? Uh, people. Okay. Uh, in reference to uh, the customer. Okay. Their knowledge of what they want, um, it's changed. You know, uh, go back to, and I'm sure you did, you know, I know you were sales for a while, and yeah. start a, a walk around. Did you, know, did you ever open the hood? Obviously, right? You yeah, it's a silent walk around. That's how we do it. Nobody wants to see it. When was the last time anyone asked, any of my guys to open the hood? Nothing. Nothing. They, they don't When's the last time they did a silent walk around right. in general? They don't want it. No. You know, to, to me, a customer today is, um, even a first-time customer to me, uh, needs to be treated like a bee-back. They've already gone on my website, they've looked at my inventory, they've looked at my reviews, they've looked at my salesmen. They, sadly to say, probably know as much if not more about the car they want to buy than the guy that's selling it to them. That's right. just what it is today. They, you know, they say they spend, uh, you know, 1.2 dealerships before they make yeah. a purchase. It's, it's for the brand. It's not all, they look at a multitude of dealerships, but they really, the one to one and a half dealerships of what they've selected. And when they come into my store, they've selected my store for a reason. Right. You're part of the one and a half. Whether you're right. the one Correct. or if, the half, not, it doesn't make a difference. You're, you're either not going to the next store or you've already been to the one and I'm the half and now we're here. And what, what can I do to keep you at my store, right? Right. It's got to be something that we either do, say, or the product that we have that's going to make the difference. But it's interesting you say it like that because I hear you say it and I hear you say it with such an appreciation for, for what it should be. Well, which is the respect of their time and energy they put into this purchase. Think about it. Uh, someone has spent all that time, you know, researching. When's the last time you spent 15 hours researching something? That wasn't a house, a kid, or a car. Yeah. It's not a thing. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. So, but we don't respect it. In right. houses, people respect the hell out of it. In children, I don't have any, but they respect yeah. the hell out of it. it. It's still very different. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're educated today, which is a great thing. I'd rather have someone that knows exactly what they want when they walk into my store than someone that wants to drive five or six different cars and have no clue. Thank you. I, Thank you for saying it out loud because yeah. Saturdays when I started were the worst. Because yeah. that's all the looky-loos that come out. You'd take five ups, they would all kick tires, and you hope they'd be a B-back. Yeah. Now if you get five ups in one day, you better sell two cars. You, you know, you, you're lucky if you have five customers in a day as an individual sale. That would be, for our store, that would be Incredible. a monster day for somebody. Yeah, it would be, it would be, it would be a huge Saturday. We don't have that type of traffic. You know, floor yeah. traffic is down, so yeah. it's internet, yeah. it's uh, BDCs, which, yeah. you know, BDCs, there's a, a good and a bad thing about it, you know. Uh, sure. They're, they're a necessity when you don't have a staff that can handle incoming phone calls correctly and kind of weed things out. Uh, and unfortunately today, I think we have more of a, not a, a sales consultant or a sales advisor. We don't have salesmen or saleswomen anymore. Somebody who really knows how to sell. No. Uh, they, they are too quick to just take what the customer wants and bring it to the manager and ask me more questions than they're willing to ask the customer. Um, and it's frustrating. If you're an old, old dog guy like me that's been, you know, 
you know, I remember going back that I would never have walked into my manager's office without a complete purchase order and a check or cash in my hand with a deposit to ask for a sale price, right? Dude. Today, they're asking and they're, you know, I need a commitment to be able to say yes in a car and stock to be able to, to know if I can make a deal. There's a lot of what ifs and hypotheticals on the sales floor, and it's really tough because it's, it's insane because it's not that way. They don't know how to ask. They're afraid to ask for the sale. They're afraid if I literally ask you for the sale, I may lose the sale. I was just telling a story in Toronto when I was when I was a salesman. I had a customer make an offer, and I was like, "Cool. So, what? Did you have a credit card? Did you have cash down? How did you want me to bring it up the proposal? Well, just go tell them. Like it doesn't work that way. I gotta have collateral. The guy gives me his eight year old. So he did. He's like, take the kid with you. I'm like, well, that's weird, but I'll take the guy to the kid to the desk. <laughs> Boss is like, was the kid in the bathroom? I'm like, no, dude, this is his collateral making a card. This is his deposit. Yeah, he's like, well, this is crazy. Sean, never seen this before. I mean, we've had, we were in Chicago. You've seen Rolex watch. I mean, people had whatever it was, but still, we were doing it because you had that, you had to have that mental buy in to do it. You know, it, it's. Uh, Walk up to the desk and go, hey, James, maybe if we, they might. I would get fired. I'd have been fired. Right. Yeah. Well, instantly. today's world you have to be a little bit different in that because of the the sales consultant, mm -hmm. um, sales clerk, whatever yeah, you want to call them. Order taker. So right. I've heard people say that's kind right. of what they've evolved into. Sure. And and it's tough because you go back years ago. Uh, you know, my sales guys were extremely educated. They were well dressed. They knew their product. They knew their customer. It's a whole big. They get up. They'd shake their hand. They'd go help them with a flat tire. You know. I mean. You know. What I mean, they would do, do every. But they made a couple of bucks, right? Sure. And now we're manufacturers. It's the lust of, it's a lust of uh, desire of volume sales by the manufacturers that has forced us onto the individual dealership. Yes. They want numbers so bad. They're wholesalers. Correct. That we correct. are now selling our cars for nothing, nothing. or less. Which everybody does. It's not just us. Everybody's no, doing because it. there's a kickback program that right. all comes with it, and put the money on the hood it and is, retrospectively. But, but around here, dealers throw that out too. Get, well, right, you've they, already negotiated they, they get, your deal to get to your unit. They've given all that away yeah. to begin with, yeah. but how much can I pay my salesman? After you've done that. Right. Right. So everybody's working off a flat. So Everyone's making many deals. And today you need a more educated salesman because of the amount of equipment that's in a car. They have to be extremely knowledgeable um, of what the cars are, what programs are, what's out there today, yeah. compliance issues. There's so much more that they have to know. But we're not allowing them to make the money that the old school guys used to make. They were really good at what they did. Correct. You know, there was a really good salesman that would come out. And, you know, a salesman, I'm not doing anything wrong when I help you buy the car. I, I overcome your objections and I give you that little nudge. Everybody needs a little push uh, to buy a car. Yeah, you if know, you didn't want to be sold, you wouldn't be standing on my showroom floor. Correct. That's how I've They just need it. some guidance. They don't it's want to be sold. They want guidance and knowledge, right? That's what they really want in today's world. As long as we they stop want, selling and start helping. They want somebody with confidence that listens to them and answers their questions and helps them into the car of their dreams, you know, having that car in your driveway tomorrow morning. That's but you've already said a couple of things that it, it frustrates me to think salespeople can't be more motivated, right? you got BDCs. you got you got, you got customers who are already educated. you got people who are only visiting a, a dealership and a half. Like... I sound old when I say this, but if I had those things when I was a salesman, there's a high probability I'd still be selling because I could have my own life. It would be a dream, right? I think so. You know, um, I think so. It's a different world of people who are working today for uh, this type of industry. Um, that's what I've seen. You know, you asked the question, "What have I seen in the major yeah. change?" You know, the internet to me is a good thing. It's brought me more customers. It brings me customers that I've never had before. Uh, they don't just thumb through a paper drive onto your lot. If someone comes out of my lot for a Subaru or a Chevy and they drove for two hours, 
and they tell me I'm $2,000 too high, I always smile and say, you know, I appreciate you driving all that way to let me know. They didn't drive that far to my lot to find it. So it doesn't matter what car you have anymore. Yeah, they want to make a deal. Lot, you can still sell it. So it's, it, the internet has helped me. Brought, it brings me customers that I've never had before. I got to tell you, I like to hear that, man. It, People it, in your position don't talk that way. Well, it, don't it, thank it, the internet for nothing. You know, it, you know it, it helps me sell my cars all over. We sell them all over. Okay. Uh, wholesale, you know, the wholesale uh, auction companies now. We sell them all over the country. I'm, you know, from East Coast, we sell them to Texas and Ohio and yeah. Oregon. And we have people flying in. As funny as it sounds to me, to fly in from Ohio to buy a car. What'd you have? We had a... a you a, had something? Yeah, well, we had an older MDX with really low miles that are hard yeah. to come by. And he wanted one. He had one. Total didn't want another one. I get it. It's a, I was looking around. The internet brought him to you. But for me, it's a great thing. It's awesome. That's a deal yeah, you would have so, never had otherwise. Right. Without it. You know, uh, it, it hurts you a little bit because everybody puts everything out there. You know, uh, so much so your your manufacturer is pretty specific on what you can right. cannot say on price. Well, it, Whether we, anyone looks or not is another story. We can't do anything more than like MSRP on our advertising and things like right. that. But we don't. Isn't that so funny? They give you that mandate, but they would never mandate you sell a car anywhere near that number. No, but then they also put the invoice out on, on for everybody to see. So, for me, the um, you know think about it. We're the only industry that has a commission based sales consultant. We put a price on the car. And then we put the invoice out on the internet yep. and all dealer cash and everything. Every incentive, yep. And then we tell the, the guy to go earn a living. Correct. Do and you know any other industry that do? If you knew a farmer uh, got no. 25 cents for a gallon of milk, would you pay four bucks at the grocery store? Absolutely not. No. But we don't question. I live in Wisconsin, we get farm fresh eggs for $2. I'm not gonna go to the grocery store and get them for six. Right. But three dollars says the peanut gallery. But still, I'm not gonna go to the grocery store and pay but, six because there's my farmer right here for three dollars. But you don't question it, right? No, I don't. We do in the car industry. The, what, what's going to happen? The way I see it, is eventually our the car industry because the front end, and you had a, talked about market, you know, compression and monies yeah. and everything are, are gone in the front. It's real. That it will be someday there will be a one price. Like if you want to buy an Apple Watch or an Apple phone, and no matter what store you go into, it's the same price, right? Yeah. That will happen in the car industry because they've got to, there's no money left to give. I can't get, discount my car anymore. To so we all it. become one price stores. Within reason. In a sense. Within reason. And, but now it's going to be. Now it'll be service who, though. Right. Who has a better service? Who's been a, got a good reputation? Who can still have a sales consultant that knows what he's doing? And that's where the, the rub is going to be is how you learn how to pay your guys to still have quality sales. How has that process changed for you? Paying process? Designing pay plans. It, it, it's it's tougher. Yeah. You know, you used to base it off of just a commission or you know chargebacks or whatever the case may be. Now you can't. You, you're giving the guys flats. You know. Um, Salaries or just flats I, on no, unit? We, actually, um, we feel that if I don't give a, a pretty good salary, um, I won't. You know, how can a guy make a living, right? How right. is he going to want to stay with me? You know, sure. I, I, you know. Because the salary thing's new in the last five years. Right. Well, that we, was never we, a thing. We do salary plus commission or flats. Right. You know, we have, uh, if it's invoice or over, you're going to get a certain amount of dollars. If it's under invoice, you're still going to get something. Is there used car gross involved? Or uh, no, used car, we're still doing flats on used, but okay. we never charge you back. And if I'm selling a car light, it's, you still get the same amount. And it's a pretty healthy dollar amount for you. That's you. nice. You know, so we don't, we don't penalize the guys for me having it. You have all the chance in the world to make your money when you get a manager involved. You're gonna get what you get because I had to do it, but we're yeah. still gonna move a unit, right? Yeah. So. So you still pay them? Correct. Okay. You know they, they get paid for everything. You know. But, but figuring out that pay plan, that process has become more difficult over time. That's why we kind of went to a flat system. It's so hard. With the it, it, It's so hard. 
You know, it makes a lot of sense, though. You know, uh, the guys know what they're going to get. Yeah. You know, so there's no question. But it, you know, to make them lazy. Make them lazy. Any lazier than they already are. <laughs> Salesmen are lazy to begin with, right? Inherently, they're, and I don't get it because I never was. They're a lazy group of guys. I don't get and, it. You know. When did that happen, though? Why is if that? They do, you, do you have anything you can pin it down on? No, but I wouldn't have to go and question them every day about their ups. And I have one-on-ones with my guys every day. I call them in the office and we review what happened yesterday, the day before, and the whole month. And, I, and I'm astonished how many guys haven't put notes in their CRM system, haven't called their customers back from the day before, delivered a car, haven't done their follow-up. And if I said do a lot walk every morning, that's probably not something. Oh, no. <laughs> they'll walk it, but they won't look. They'll walk it to check their steps. To get to their, their car, phone or but they, they won't look at what's out there. Gotcha. You know, people see, but they don't look. Because, again, that's an old school thing, man. We had to. You, you couldn't go, after you punched in, you couldn't go even think about looking at the fresh ups until you knew it came Wait, in over you know what it is? It's the phone. Because I we have everything on the phone. Yeah, we have so everything I can go in the inventory. Right there. They just look. They don't. You know. They don't. I used to look at the cars, look at the history, touch you know, it, and smell it, right, feel get it, in and talk to the customer, know it, pull out the history report. You know, I have a folder yeah. on every used car. It's going to give you the car facts and our service. How many people ask for anymore? Uh, we uh, we show. We I understand, but yeah. if you didn't, very few. His customers don't use the word anymore. Right, because it's just it's it's like standard equipment. You know, when I started selling cars. Power windows and locks to crews weren't standard equipment. Sure. Those were sure. all options. Now they say I want to stand. That's standard equipment. You know, it's just like Carfax. Just everybody does it. You right. Know? Um, Although it's one, it's one entity in our business. I don't really care for because there's no competition. So right. The price well, is ridiculous. But they also for, they, we're here for. Well, they also forced it on us, right? That's what I'm saying. They, their commercials were, you know, if you're not going for a Carfax. Then don't believe them. They're a bunch of liars. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. So and here we are paying them thousands of dollars to make us look like dicks. I just, I have a problem they, with that. They forced us to do Carfax. Yeah, it's a smart move on their part. They sure. force the dealers to do it. I see inconsistencies on Carfax. I'm oh, on them all. If the my time. buddy owns a body shop and I give him a case of beer, my car never makes it on Carfax. Right. I got news for. Well, it. you know, if you're not, <laughs> if you're not a Carfax dealer, it's not on there to begin with. But I just see clerical errors all the time that I have to correct. And people come in, and you know, recently I had a guy who lived in Connecticut, and somebody in California did the wrong fin by one digit, and it was his car. And it showed yesterday he had an oil change in California, and today he's in my store. You know, there's no way that happens, no. right? You can't drive, you know. So, but it's a clerical error that affects the next guy that buys it. Sure. So all those things have to be corrected. Sure. And even my guys, like a service guy might put in the wrong... I mean, it used to be based on the mileage. Mileage rollbacks in these new cars, it's not a thing. That is, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a thing. They're just looking for accidents. How yeah. many owners... Uh, and, he, and now Carfax is cool, and not to go off on the Carfax thing, but they do damage as compared to accidents, which is nice. Cause sure. It's easier to explain something damaging, maybe someone backed into their own mailbox, scratched the fender, whatever. When it I suppose the frame came off. Well, when it always said accident, they just always thought the worst. Yeah, they did. So, you know, it has helped. Fair enough. All right. Too much time yeah. on a company that I could do without. I get um, yeah, yeah. But I get, I get why they're valuable. Yeah. Um, in your stores, when you, look at, when you look at process, what is for you right now with salespeople, what process then, if they're not selling, what process are you laser focused on from the desk perspective? Uh, you know, follow up with their customers. Not just okay. follow up, but follow through. You okay. know, follow through is different from follow up. You know, follow up's a job, follow through is, is, is living it. Well, it's doing your promise. If you That's make I mean. a promise to somebody, you do it. You know, and, and it's, uh, it's taking care of your, you know, if you have a limited base of customers, um, you, you darn well better follow up and follow through for, for repeat customers, right? But uh, do your salespeople do that? Do your salespeople put put that much focus on the people they've already sold cars to? Uh, is uh, about to sell the next? A, a couple people do. I, okay. I got a girl that's been there twenty eight years. At your store? Yep. Okay. She um, doesn't take fresh ups. Only if I need her to. Well, right. She, that's what I'm saying. Her to. life is not. No. 
her she, life is appointment. She fixed. sells more cars than anybody every year. She uh, should though, right? Yeah, but I mean, she's 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 great. Yeah, you know, she greets in the uh, service drive. She has some. If she, yeah, she, you know, she's customer professional. Wish I had, you know, four of them. Right. You know, but you have one. every store's got one. Sure, we really all did. Good, you know, there wouldn't be a store, right? Yeah, they've all got uh, one that you kind of base a lot of things off. The best practices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she does everything right by the book, the right way. You know, but she's old school, not in a bad way, but you know how we used to do. Things. Yeah. So when you say follow up, follow through, and you talk about salespeople process, are you relating also to CRM usage? You mentioned it earlier. CRM is big in today's world. It's really hard. You know, I, I remember my desk. I used to have all the. Pull it out. You, you had all, all the, all the right pink. Now? Well, yeah, and I had all the pink slips from the. Hell yeah, I, you can't, you, Hell yeah. In compliance world today, you can't keep that at your desk. No, anymore. I used to have the sales bills in a binder so I could go back through each month and right. re reference. You, you can't. You no, can't no. do that. So it all <laughs> has to be stayed within the system. Yeah. But any system, any computer system, if you're not putting proper information in, you can't extract it, right? Correct. And garbage in, garbage out. Why you wouldn't want to put all the information in so I could help you if you're not there and other sales. Isn't this beyond you? Like, I don't understand why. And it isn't a cheap bill that you and ownership pay for these products, yet we can't get buy in because, frankly, the salespeople don't pay for the CRM, so they don't see what it is. They got to buy into this kind of stuff. Yeah. And when they finally see that there's an advantage to it, and how do you get buy in? in? How do you get buy in on CRM notes? You do it you know, it, when I you know, the, well the way that, the way you do it is if I can show you that it's valuable is a day that you're not there and I sell a car because of what your notes told me as compared to a day you're not there and I got to call you on the phone and I'm a little upset that I don't find any notes in your system sure. to help your customer. So I get your customer. Right. So if you find that there's value in it, the more notes I have in there, the more other people can help me when I'm not available. Why shouldn't that be a great thing, right? Agreed. But it still goes back to. A little bit of being just a salesman or salesman. By Do nature, they're a little bit late. You know, sure. Uh, or they wouldn't be in this job, right? Yeah, because if they wanted a, if they wanted a nine to five where someone was standing over their shoulder, they could go get that. Or everybody would be a manager. You Correct. Know, the, the guys who are great salesmen don't always make good managers. I made the worst. But some of them make good managers. Yeah, I made you know the worst. I, mean? I made a terrible desk manager a much better. Gentlemen. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just, I just didn't. I just did the desk. I just you got mad because they weren't doing what they're supposed to be doing or seeing it. How Ooh. what the reality of what was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I became. I you got I, frustrated because you just. It's a simple. Sales are simple. I mean, legitimate. That's how I feel. We've talked about it today. It's not rocket science. You know, process. You know, sales is one on one. I don't care what you're selling. The meet and greet, the needs assessment, right down the line. The value adds. Let's move you on. Know, and, yeah. and the closing, right? It's it's a few steps in between. Sure. Right? But if you start skipping steps or not using them. Then they are as good as they are. Right. See, when we had it, we had a CRM problem back in the day, and I got so pissed off at the guys that I started to find them. If I didn't find a note, or you didn't, or you didn't, but you didn't log your ups, you'd come into a yes. number on your desk and it was a fine. You had a post on I did. And people always people say, you can't do that to people. Why can't I? Yeah. I'll, I'll air the shit out of you if I have to. Because I need you to get it if you understand money. If it was time, then, then, then you, know, you almost hold them after to go over. I said, hey guys, we're going to have CRM training from 9 to 10 o'clock. What? We're already here till 9 p.m. You're going to keep us here till 10 to learn the CRM? Clearly, you don't know how to use it. But that was the old school Chicago sort of, it, you know, pound them you know, in the I, face instead of instead of maybe I, sit with them and ask them. I train them all the time. You're a constant trainer. That's I, all you're ever I, talking I about. And, and I'm just boggled how I have to continue saying the same thing to the same guys without them getting it. And I got a good group of guys. I really do. You know, I, you know, you could blow somebody out, that, you know, and try to get some new people. But train, trying to work the guys you have that have been with you, you know, uh, 
other than the new guy that I had who's only been with me like a half a year, everybody's been with me for years. Gotcha. And, and even longer than me. You have an established veteran staff. Absolutely. Our, our whole place, you know, the, the, the general manager, the service manager, they've been there since 1986 when the doors opened. We have extremely light turnover. Wow. I mean, when I have to hire somebody, it's almost like a, more of a hassle for me because I don't know how to put them into the systems and you know do all the stuff that needs to be done. Because you don't like, do it frequently enough, right? We yeah, just yeah. don't. You know, we, we're not a massive. I'd rather work with you and get you. You know, try to get you to be the salesman that I hired. You know, I must have saw something in you when I hired you, or I wouldn't have hired you. And so, do you, with that sort of situation, right, where guys are embedded as they are, in the in the people side of the thing, where is the opportunity to advance? If, if, if everyone is so embedded. Not everybody wants to advance. Okay. You know, Fair. Uh, it, First question it, I ever yeah. got asked in an interview, do you want my job? And I was like, yeah. yeah. GM's like, that's what I wanted to hear. Right. And I thought, but not everybody wants that. Okay. Not everybody has it. In People are cool with just being salesmen, making whatever they make. As long as they made it, they're happy to pay their bills. You know, I, I often tell them if they're, if they're just looking to make it through the day to go home and eat a bag of chips and watch TV, they're all doing a great job. But great isn't good enough. You need to be better than that if you want to make something yourself, right? Sure. If you just want to make it through the day and sell a couple of cars, you're always going to have those guys. You can do that. Yeah. You can make this a living that way. If you're satisfied with that. What For process, me, I'm not. You know. Well, neither am I. What process do you think has changed the most over the last five years? Uh, On the front half. Speed. 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 Speed of deal. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, time is a new currency, if you want to say it like that, for people. Yeah. You know, uh, That's all we have. do you know how hard it is to get a man and a woman or spouses in the same room at the same time in today's world with both working so many hours and kids and jobs? If you can get a husband and wife or whatever the case may be in front of you at one time, that's that's tough to do. In my yeah, in my dealership at the same time? Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So that part of it, speed to deal. Do you look at what happens inside the showroom, speed to deal? How much time between desk, pencils, and yes. all of that? Yes. Uh, you know, I, my office is right up front. It's a glass office. I can see everybody. They can all see me. I don't, you know, I don't hide from anybody or whatever. But that's the thing I keep harping on. Like they just, you know, they can't understand that people want to be faster. In today's world of Amazons, and, and we're in a microwave world, right? And every, they want to, they, you order something that's on your doorstep that the next morning. You know, everything you do is fast. And if it's fast. not, I've got questions. And they come into the car dealership. And they run into someone who's takes a couple three hours. They've lost the customer. Yeah, they've lost. Think attention. about this: when a customer walks in, they've been thinking about buying this car. Let's say the Acura, right? For two weeks. Two weeks. They've researched it the whole way over. They're talking how excited they want they are about the car. They come walking in the showroom. They're ready to buy this car, and then they got some, you know, end table sitting at the front desk, and just goes, "Hey," their emotion just went. They, they followed you. They need to match the emotions. You. you need to keep the people's emotions as high as long as you can before you start talking finance. Because once you start that, it becomes a whole different process, right? Absolutely. But you have to shorten the whole thing. You know, you need a shorter of a test drive. You, you know, you need a shorter of a... When you do you guys even go on test drives? Yeah. Your salespeople yeah. do? Really? Yeah. yeah. No satellites in your world? That's a big part of your process? No satellites? Sit in the car listen? Yeah. That's we, a, imperative. We, we go for a ride, you know? The, I call it the, test drive intel. Well, it's the old, you know... You, you can't seal the deal if they don't feel the wheel, right? You got to get them out in the car. You got to get them. People buy from emotion. Yeah. And if you just want to walk in and talk to me about pricing, it's tough. It is tough. Because if you, you, I don't want to drive the car. Right. Really? Yeah. Right. I drove one last. Well, you know, it's a new model. It's a new make. Yeah. No, I drove uh, the last store. Well, you know, there's a couple ways to get around that. You know, if I tell my guys, you know, well, they won't want to drive. I said, tell you what, just pull one up. Don't even ask them. Just go out back, pull the car up, and tell them. Folks, I got one of those cars where I told you I didn't want to drive it. So I'm not asking you to drive so it. look at it. But I tell you what, there's a lot of new electronic equipment, and I can't start the one in the showroom 
and I just want to show you what I have going on out here. Okay. They get in the car, you adjust their seat, you start playing with the okay. thing. Do the walk around from the, the back seat around to the front, and have them the walk say, around the front seat. I tell you what, folks, close the door. You're already in it. Why don't we just take a riff around the block? That's it. That's it. And nine times out of ten, people will be like, "Honey, should we?" And of course, we, we should. Go. Let's drive. And if, it, if, it's the, if it's the one guy who doesn't, then that guy probably is fixed on prices. Let's and get inside okay. and see if then, we can then make it. Then you, then you understand. But see, right. that, that's what a good salesman does. He, he knows when to push in certain directions and then find speed out. Speed up, slow down, like right. you said. Right. So speed to deal, how, how you focus on it. What do, you, what do, you, do you have an aim that you go for when a customer hits the showroom? I mean, I know not all dealers are creative. <sighs> no. But like, do you see a marker reason. where you're like, dude, it, well, we got to get all here. I do it. Yeah. Manager, I'm yeah. watching test drives. I'm freaking out. They're out too long. I want my demo back for the next guy. Sure. I got customers waiting. You know, so long. I'm always like on the, you know, well, thinking, that, thinking. I'm, I'm two steps ahead, and that's you know when a manager does compare to a salesman. Agreed. I'm two or three steps ahead of everybody. It's, yeah. it's even when they're calling the desk for something, and I tell them I want you to say something. The reason I want you to say what I'm telling you is I've already had this scenario once in my life, and I'm already too know what I'm going to say what after their response. And then again after that, and if you don't say what Correct. you're saying, it kind of screws you all up, right? Yeah. So there's times, you know, as a as a manager on the floor, especially in a small store, I'm involved in, in you know, all deals. You're coming out most of them, handshaking, yeah. helloing. Absolutely, best I can. Yeah. It's it's a touch the desk. Requirement. Is the process still for salespeople to sit on the side of the customer when you come over? I, I kind of have them step away. Oh, it, it, if if I have to sit down and negotiate, I yeah. want them to step away because I don't want them chiming in you know they, unless I ask them a question or the customer asks them a question interesting when I do a walk by or just come over to meet and greet they're there but yeah. if they're coming over they're calling me saying I need a TO and when I walk over they'll get up and walk away and I want to sit down I want to sit with I don't want to stand up That's sure no no I would have you sit in my chair and then I go right. sit on the other well, side with the customers kind of, and I sit next I to I kind of have them just step I get what away. you mean but yeah glass cubicles and they're within earshot so but I, I see your point I is I don't say. need you coming in and telling me yeah. Well, you already had your chance. Right. And when you start chiming in, you know, or you trying to over talk me, um, it doesn't look good in front of the customer or, you know. Etc. Do you like see that. speed come up a lot in your CSI as to why maybe things were good or bad? Yes. Yeah, you see it on the, what they're asking for time in the, in the finance box. You know, they want you in and out of there in less mm -hmm. than 30 minutes. And you know what? In Connecticut, and I know you and I have spoken about this a little bit, you know, the amount of compliance paperwork we have it's is insane. brutal. It's insane. It's absolutely It's brutal. the automotive space has become overrun. Yeah, and, and there's so many things that the customer has to sign and check out. And, and we do it on the tablets. You know, they sign sure. once and, and, you know, we do all our uh, electronic billing through Accurate right, you know, right on there so everything goes straight through. But it's still a lot. And... and you know, my best salesman is my F&I guy, yeah. and probably in most stores. He's selling intangible objects to people that they may or may never Who use. Who don't want to be there. In a and he way. hasn't had any rapport with them. No. He, and within five minutes, he's selling them product, which is, we're relying on that right now in this industry. So he's my best sales guy, whether he knows it or not. F&I push is a big part yeah. of it, for sure. So with people, do you, because you have an embedded staff, how, do you do you change processes often? Do you do you look to tweak and, and how does that? Buy yeah, we, we we you know as times change we change. Okay. You know, if I was still doing what I did way back when, it wouldn't work. You'd right? be out of business. Right, and like I said, the biggest thing is, is time right now. People want to have a shorter time. It goes back to that coming in that they're already a be back into my showroom. They need to be treated like they already know. You know, you're my be back customer. You already know what you want. Yeah, my be back should go faster than his original visit. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And, and they already know what they want. And, and the people part of it, if they don't buy into it, how do you handle it? When you want to change something, you want to tweak a process, 
uh, and they don't want to buy in? What happens with an embedded staff with very little turnover? Well, I'm pretty fortunate that they have Do? so far. Cool. Uh, we have let a few guys go over the years, you know, because they're just not cutting it. Because regardless of who someone is, they can't be above the process of the store themselves. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it, it, without that, you know, it, it's chain of command, right? And processes and leadership. Yeah. And without that, where do you... Now, it's different today because everybody's a little bit different, right? You know? Sure. It's funny how you hear all these coaches and everybody out there on, on LinkedIn and everything right now talking about once you hire somebody, you have to learn what makes the individual tick and then go to that. Yeah. And I always find that funny that you came to me, I hired you to do a job, and now I have to find individual motivation to get you to do the job that I hired you to do that you came to me to get. And if I don't find that little motivation button for you, you have all excuses not to do the job I hired you for, which is just bizarre to me. It's crazy. It, but it's what it is today. It is. Each person you have to find out what they're you know because it's not money all the time which just kills me because that was my drive you and I talked about that that's before. my drive I know is money we've talked about and, it here you know, on, you, on these episodes already that, that money is what happens right. but that's that's changed over time but you put right? you know you put bonuses on certain cars and stuff yeah my cousin will walk by and not even look at it and I said I would have said I know you're here the first car I'm gonna sell I was gonna say I know you're here to look at this but why don't you sit in this one while I pull the other one I mean I would always show the money car right always you know it's but always. as a manager I want to push it I have it's for inventory reasons and days on yeah. the lot it's not that there's anything wrong with the cars but it's just I put more money on to to liquidate yeah cars. or I, I got stuck with the or I got stuck with in Chicago we used to have really bad habits of like price leader cars so we'd have like a 2004 brand new Blazer. That'd be priced at like nineteen nine because it had no back seat. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'd get the guy who's like, dude, I'm after the twenty thousand dollar blazer. I'm like, cool. Are you looking for a pickup truck blazer? And he'd go, what? And I'd say, well, walk over here. Turns out, dude was a painter. Loves the idea of not having a back seat in his blazer, and it was a home run. But creativity I, as a salesman. And I didn't have. I I wasn't thinking about a process. I was thinking about how annoying these customers are to sell instead of. Right, well, let's just make lemonade, right? Because this dude, I mean, maybe there will be someone who doesn't need a back seat in their blazer. You know, the, the best thing is any salesman is, uh, first of all, their job doesn't start till the customer says no, right? Agreed. If, if anybody You're just a clerk on the Right. If everybody just came in and said, I'll take it, I'll take it. Um, but getting somebody to buy a car, when someone walked in and told you no, there's no more satisfaction for a real salesman when someone says, no, I'm just here looking today, I'm not here to buy. Cool. And you're waving goodbye as they're driving off the lot. It's the best. Car. Right? It, because you that's what you do. Right, because they open it with that, right? They right. say, I'm not here to buy anything, and I always open it with, cool, I'm, I'm not here to sell anything, I'm just here to show things today, right. so don't worry about it. Let's no, just go do this that together. That takes the pressure off of me, right? Yeah, you know? I'm good. But you've lowered I mean, I don't have all day to do that with you, but we can do it for a little bit. Right. You know, I got other things but, I got to do. You know, there, there's a lot of guys that are very quick to give them a lot of knowledge and, and escort them to the door, rather than asking that last question. And you said something earlier about a mandated desk touch. I want, you know, there are times being an only sales manager that I'm out on appraisal or Correct. I'm you, desking you don't another deal this. or I'm doing a TO. Um, and I hopefully, you know, my F&I guy will come out if he's available to try to help, you know. Uh, and the general manager upstairs, he does an awful lot of desking deals with us because we're small. It's sure. the three of us run the place. He'll come down. He'll do whatever. You know, we all do whatever. Um, but I want my salesman to, I want to meet the customer. Yeah. You know, I want to say hello. I want to just, if you're not there, you can ask for me. You know, because right. I'm, I'm here. It's my store. This guy may or may not be here tomorrow. I plan on being here. So sure. if he's not there, you have questions, you come see me. Um, their day off, they'll come in and see me or whatever. For From your position, as we kind of wrap this up, 
What is one thing you think is important for desk managers to hear who've been, I'm not really talking more about young new desk managers, I'm talking about established car dogs who potentially are not adjusting to today's, to today's setup. What, what, what say you? Well, you know, you, to, to when, a, when a sales guy is coming up to your desk, uh, it's not the time to give him a hard time, right? Because if you're crabbing at him and this, you're complaining, you know, this trade is a piece of crap. What you? But if you're going to yell at him while he's in the process of right. a deal, you, you kill just his send, energy. You just sent him back with nothing. Yeah, in the so, same way that the salesman killed the excited customer energy. Right. You as a desk have now killed my energy. So you want to you want to send him back? So you know, I need this trade. Even if you know you don't need the trade, go get it. You know, this is a great card. Get me this trade. You know, get this sale. What you want to keep them pumped. You want. Keep and you, the can, you can tweak everything after, right? Um, but it's tough. You know, it's it's, it's tough for the. the the non-sales people to come to the desk because they just they don't have they haven't asked the right questions, and then you're starting to ask them questions and they don't have the answers. Then you got to go over and get them yourself. You know, um, that's my biggest thing that, that I say. Uh, my guys ask me more questions than they ask their customers, and it just it it boggles my mind how they can do that. It's you know? crazy. Well, it's it's simple, right? Isn't it it's easier crazy. to ask somebody else than it is to figure it out? Yeah, yeah. You know, to go ask somebody else and then say, well. Jim said it was okay, so when I let him go and the general manager comes down and says, what happened to your customer? So, well, Jim talked to him. It's not enough. Hands it's not up. enough. Yeah, that's yeah. not enough. You know, the, the problem is if they just call me from the desk, and this is what kills me, is they'll call me from the desk. and Because what we do, we have a system. Is you're sitting at your desk, you don't go away. You stay with your customer. Mm, love it. So when you want a number, you call me from the desk and you say, I'm sitting here with, you know, with Sean. And, and, and then money. what do you send it to him digitally? He's got it no, all? We're all right on the phone. I'm at my desk in the computer. They have We have market-based pricing. You'll open up your book. You'll be able to give the customer what our market-based, current market-based price is of the day. Okay. So we look at every night what cars are selling for in our area. And if it's, it's like how you guys do lobster out here. Yeah, if it's an MDP. It's market price market on there. Price. You guys don't give me a so, price. I'm like, well, can so we establish MDX this? Or what do we do? So tell you what, though. If a customer has come in and looked at the internet for three weeks and they walk in and you give them this ridiculous price, because we don't negotiate it. We used to start an MSRP and work out. So now you've got to give them a market-based price. So if you see a price that you've seen that's at least reasonable, the customer is more comfortable to begin with, right? That's okay. what my salesman will start with. That's okay. the number we serve up. And it depends. If their financing is going to be a different number than if they're paying cash and if they're leasing, they're all different numbers because they're different incentives. So they have a sheet of every car I have new. And we'll have that number. They'll call the desk, and I'm, I'm sitting here with Sean and his wife with selected stock number, you know, whatever uh, the MSRP is and the lease price is, and they want to do 15,000 miles a year. I'll ask them a couple questions. They're on the phone with their customer. I'm right on my computer. I tell them, you tell them their payment is, and then I say, don't hang up. I want to hear what you say. I'm not eavesdropping, but I don't want him to say something. I want him to tell them what I told him to say. Right. And then if there's, you know... Yeah, but that's a cool process, well, man, because it saves time. It saves that, 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 that well, fear factor from the customer saying to himself, well, well they think, you know, well, what's going on back they, they go around the corner and they talk to somebody and they come back, great news, you know. And, and it's a dog and pony show right. normally. Yeah, and like I said, I'm in a glass, you know, so it's obvious. Bowl, so they, guy says to me, oh, you're the guy behind the curtain. I said, no, sir, I'm the guy behind the glass wall right here next <laughs> to you. I'm not going, you know, I'm right there. I'm not hiding. And I said, that's why I walked over to talk to you. You know, uh, I'm not high. We're... I hate the word transparency because to me transparency so overused. It is, and, and, and buzzwordy. What it means to me is the customer expects me to just throw everything out on the table. And How about we just be and, honest? Isn't that enough? Right, and get, so, well, it just means sell me your car at nothing. Yeah, that's transparency <laughs> means the sell bottom. Sell me your car at nothing. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. what'd you pay for it? 
should have nothing to do with them selling. Do you ask your jeweler what he paid for your glass? The ring you got your wife. They ask it all the time. That's not what you paid for. It. Exactly. Yeah. I'm here to, and I'm entitled to me. Well, then you got then you got silly people who think that forty thousand dollar cars get dropped on our lot by the by the you know stork of cars. We don't actually pay anything for them, and somehow we're making forty thousand dollars a car. Well, when we make eight, I, I still think about it. If you had a forty thousand dollar investment, would you want to make something from it? Something. That race is the bottom. It doesn't matter. Nobody believes you anyway, right? No, they don't. But you do. You do you a good job. You can show them invoices. You can show them whatever you want. Yeah, no, I've had people say. But I've had customers tell me this is the fake invoice, yeah, and I'm just like, I don't. This, yeah. I don't understand. I just what that printed means. it out. Back, it's right, just yeah. a. Oh, you think I created a Word doc? Right. Like yeah. this with Nissan brand? Like, no, I didn't do that. Yeah, you get that all the time. But you know, Still. The, the biggest thing for me is I used to tell my guys is how does someone who buys a car once every three, five, or ten years out negotiate somebody that does this every day for a living? Ooh. Just kills me. Ooh. Yeah, right. I don't know. I'd like to see the reaction when you say that to a guy. Does he does he curl up, think to himself, God, James is right, or does he go, it's the way it is, bud, sorry. Well, again, they, they're too quick to just, if a customer gives them an order, to, I mean, a, a, an offer to run into me and, and say, can you do this offer? Why don't we just stay there and ask and questions? Right. Why don't we know what's said, next? Well, you know, for me to do that, let me ask you a couple questions. So if you want the same price as you had last time, uh, did you have a trade involved last time? Yeah. Okay, so right. you had equity in your trade, you put $2,500 down, <laughs> three years later you come in with negative equity, no money down, you want more miles and you expect your payment to be the same. I'm a mathematician, not a magician, there's only so many things I can do. That's right. But your, your, your salesman is afraid to ask those questions. Afraid in, in, in general to ask those questions. And I mean, I routinely would go up to the desk, customer would give me an offer of, uh, they say 21 grand, I go up to the desk and say, hey, 21 grand's your offer, don't write it back at that. Give me twenty one and a half. Give me twenty one seven five. Give me some because I think we I think we got more in here. I think I can do this. I, you know, but most guys would say I, you I give it to them. I tell you what, in today's world, because of the way customers are, I almost want to have a box of participation trophies that I can give my customers on the way out to come in and give me such a low ball offer, and I just well thanks for you know thanks for trying, but I'm not selling you that car. And they go I don't know why you won't sell me the car at my price. Well, because I you know that's less than I own it for. I'm not here to lose money, but that's what I want it for. I understand. Maybe you should buy the base model, not the tech. Well, I want the tech. Ah, the old takeaway clothes. Right. Always well, the best. You Folks, your budget fits this car. Let me put it up for you. I have one that fits <laughs> your needs and one that fits your wants. The one that fits your needs is your budget. The one that fits your wants is... And if you're is your to, desire. If you're going to drive a car for five or ten years, buy the one that you really want. Correct. Because in the small... That's small change in the... In the, the long run. Whole long run, right? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I always have one that will fit your budget. But everybody wants a nice one, right? That's right, man. I'll say this. I'll, I'll, I'll close it up with this. You talk about follow-up. Um, is follow through. And that's the big line that I take away from this discussion because I think it's something that people need to focus on more and more in our industry. I think it would make everyone's lives easier. Um, James, thank you so much for being on the show, man. You are tremendous. Where can people find you online? Um, you know, at LinkedIn. LinkedIn? Right? Yeah. James uh, Merrill, LinkedIn. Yeah. You're the guy. I, I mean, uh, I got a, a Facebook, Shaler Ac James at Shaler Accurate, is uh, pretty active All on right. that. Check out the Facebook um, page. Yeah. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. No As always, thank you for watching. We appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the show. Thank you.